Well, hello, Ricky. Welcome back for uh, for season two of the podcast. I mean, technically, it's kind of season three ish, I think. No, didn't we start it and then just like not do it and then picked it back up last year? Yeah, it's just uh, my only reasoning is when when I was posting episodes on Anchor, it made you say what season it was, what episode it was. And it was always just one. Okay, so fair enough. Well, hello. Hi. Glad to be <clears> back. Up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I'll open up with the most important thing. What did you have for dinner? And a, I had a dentist appointment. Okay. So this is this is parenting here, ready? Yeah. I was at a dentist appointment. My daughter has jujitsu tonight. So my wife said to her, do you want raviolis? Do you rattled off a bunch of things? No, no, no. So my wife goes, you know what? You make dinner. So the only thing my daughter knows how to make is eggs and pancakes. So she made pancakes. So she made me a she made me a bear pancake. So I had a I had a pancake in the shape of a bear. How about Did you? you? Put, uh, pork butter chop on pork it. Chop? Well, hold on. We'll get the butter, pork chops. All right. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of butter, a little bit of syrup. Yeah, I just like uh, you know, for me, pancakes just a lot of syrup on it. Um, yeah, I had pork chops uh, yesterday. Oh shit! Today. Really? Wow. And they were applewood smoked pork chops um, with a little uh, mashed potatoes. And I had, uh, I always got to dress up the potatoes a little bit, but I'm not a brown gravy person. So today's hot sauce was a mango habanero hot sauce. And mashed potatoes, that's a move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people put, you know, uh, brown gravy on. It's just not my thing. Um, no, it's just like a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt. That's all I need in my mashed potatoes. Nah, I got to put hot, I put hot sauce on everything, man. Um yeah, you, know, you were talking about eggs. Like when we go to the diner and I get eggs and bacon, you gotta, you know, just dump hot sauce all over it. Yeah, I bought that uh, the Louisiana hot sauce. I really like on the eggs. It's like yeah, the red pepper. It's like a red pepper flavor to it. It's good. Yeah, that stuff's it. very good. Yeah. Um, secret Aardvark habanero is probably my current favorite <laughs> hot sauce. You're a secret Aardvark. Sometimes I am. Um, <clears throat> as far as the the devils go. I think since the last time we talked, they signed Chris Tierney, um, uh, Tomas Nosek. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe we, we talked about the Colin Miller trade. Uh, Cal yes, we did. Foot. They just signed Cal mm-hmm. Foot, so now we got two feet. Um, yeah, yeah, so it looks like they're signing everybody's brother. They, they don't want to make anybody's brother or relative is now in the Devils. Yep. Um, at least Calfoot is a you know two way two way contract. A lot of these contracts are two way contracts, so gives them some flexibility in the roster. I think Nosek was a one way deal, but I, I don't know if you saw the story, but I guess he had like a fifteen minute conversation with Eliash and immediately just like signed on the line. So whatever Patty said, still love you, bud. Yeah, I heard that, and you know I think Nosek is one way. Tierney and Foot are are two way. Um, but you know what's nice about it is that they're also building up some experience and some talent for for Utica too. I mean, they want to yeah. be a winning program from top to bottom, from from T to B. So yeah, I mean, when you have talent down there, especially talent that has some NHL experience, it makes it a lot easier to 
not only help the younger kids down there kind of get acclimated to, you know, in some cases, North American hockey, but for the most part, professional hockey. And if you have an injury, you can call these guys up and you know they're reliable. So, I mean, you know, just again, Fitz and the organization have a plan. They're sticking to their plan. And again, who the hell am I to, to doubt anything that they do at this point? Oh, yeah, we just believe in everything Fitz does. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of debate, especially with the NOSEC signing, about what that spells out for Michael McLeod. But and we don't have to talk about that. We've talked about that a million times. We don't know anything different. So but nice thing about it, whether McLeod's on the team or not, there is a hell of a lot of competition for the third line right wing and the entire fourth line to where. However it shakes out, whoever wins these spots in training camp, like the Devils are just going to have an extremely solid roster with all four lines and the defense, which is more set. It just depends on whether Nemitz makes the team or not. But if it not, it's Colin Miller. So, like, I guess the only thing that hasn't changed or that hasn't come to fruition since we last talked is there's been no moves with goaltending. But who knows? Maybe they won't. Maybe there won't be. Yeah, so you obviously listened to the Pitsy on Spit and Chicklets. I finally finished the, the episode today. And a couple of things, I guess we'll go into it. A couple of things he talked about. One of the things I tweeted out and we talked about also was really cool was he said when Greer got the, the job in San Jose, he immediately called him and said, if you ever think about trading Timo, call me first. And he said he kept kind of kept in his ear, kept at it, kept at it. And sure enough, got a phone call. We're ready to do this. And he made it happen. Um, well, it just goes to show how serious he was about that because the rumor at the time from Elliot Friedman during the trade deadline was that the Devils made the Sharks aware before you trade this guy, please call me, you know, like to make sure because Fitz was like, I need to have this player. If anybody comes up with something, we'll beat it. That's what it sounded like. But you're right. And he didn't talk about uh, Marino during this podcast, but. It also took him almost a year to acquire Marino as well. So, like, he identifies these guys and other teams' cap situation. He just goes after it until he gets what he wants. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, one of the other things he said that I thought was kind of interesting in terms of how the organization, you know, I think the question, one of the questions that was brought up is, you know, his working relationship with Lindy and, you know, he how he came up and, how he saw Trots and Poyle work together and, you know, how it's more of a partnership than, you know, a boss and, you know, an employee. And one of the things he said was um, that, no, I'm sorry, my phone just went off and just lost my train of thought. Uh, one of the things he said was at, you know, they were talking about the playoffs and, you know, what the difference was between round one and two and, um, you know, if it was just kind of like they weren't ready for that step. And one thing Fitzy said, which I thought was interesting, was we would have liked to have had an extra day, which I agree. I mean, they played Friday and turned around and played Sunday, but it's your own fault. You go to seven games, you kind of sick, you know, you kind of live with it. But he said, you know, maybe we made a mistake and started Schmid in that game one, and maybe we should have gone to VTech. And I thought that was a really kind of a just a throw in quote that he that he made but i thought it was a really interesting thing he said there where you know organizationally like who maybe they made that decision as a group not just lindy's like here's what here's who i'm playing if that you makes know, sense i that was the only thing he said during that entire podcast where i was like wait what so 
in hindsight, obviously now it, it makes sense to, to rehash that and have that conversation. But you're telling me that that Schmidt shuts the Rangers out for nothing in a game seven and then game one of the next series, you're going to tell them like, OK, sorry, you're not playing like I don't I don't buy that. Um, no, I don't either. I just thought it was interesting in terms of if it was an organizational decision, not just a coach making a decision that the not just rough and it's not not that Fitzy's imposing his will on him, but I think they're making decisions as a group, which I think is, is healthy and I think is a good thing to do versus, you know, the coach making a decision and that just kind of is what it is. Well, I seem to remember that being the case with Luke Hughes finally playing in the playoffs too, that it was sort of a organizational chat. Um, right. So the one thing, you know what, I think the, the two biggest things I took from that were, was his comments. I'm talking about spit and checklists with his comments regarding Holtz, which this was actually really refreshing to hear. Um, he sort of blamed Holtz's lack of development on himself. And he said that it was his opinion. It, you know, first and foremost, that if, Alex Holtz is in Newark with the team, even if he's not playing, practicing every day with an NHL team, and then possibly getting into games here and there would ultimately have been the best thing for his development. But what he said is that he let it go on way too long, and he should have uh, had Holtz back down in Utica playing games if he wasn't going to play. So it was cool to hear some accountability. Um, Right, and part of that, too, is he said, you know... the the theory there is you're playing against NHLers every day, but as the season went on and they were playing well, practices got less and less and competition got less and less in practice. It was more about, you know, not battling in practice and getting better. It was more about kind of staying healthy and that sort of stuff. And like you said, he, he recognized it was probably a mistake, which, you know, I agree. We obviously all agree with. Yeah. And he didn't address goaltending. and wasn't really asked about it, but one thing he did say that was pretty interesting was, um, you know, he talked about the whole draft pick trade for David Poyle and everything. We don't need to go over that. But he did say earlier before the draft, like towards the deadline, he was having a discussion with Nashville about a possible move. And I'm just wondering who from the Preds he might have tried to acquire. And if it was, you know, I, I just try to make a very roundabout way to bring it back to goaltending and maybe Soros because now we're learning, I mean, how long it took to acquire Timo, how long it took to acquire uh, John Marino, and, you know, maybe that's the goalie that Fitz has been after for a while, and we won't know about it until, you know, a trade gets done. But um, it was interesting. I, and this information really never gets uh, leaked, but, man, I wish we knew, like, what trades almost happened, not even with the Devils, just with yeah, everyone. Yeah. But. Yeah. I guess to protect it was, these it was guys. certainly, you know, I know there's a large segment of people who, that listen to this or on Twitter that hate everything Barstool does, but I don't really see. I mean, yes, but Chicklets is part of Barstool, but I don't really see them. They're they're kind of their own entity. And I don't particularly listen to every episode just because I can't stand their bro talk stuff. It drives me crazy. But when there's a devil on, I'll listen. And it was just refreshing to have a GM. And he's done this not just on spitting chicklets in the press and with uh, with Ryan and other people he's kind of open about a lot of things that you don't hear from GMs a lot and especially you know living through the Lou era where you couldn't get anything out of him it's it's nice to kind of feel like you're I don't want to say part of it but you know you you kind of you're kind of getting the picture of what they're trying to do and 
and what they're trying to build and, you know, the moves they're trying to make, which is great. Yeah, and like you said, I, I don't really care about the whole Barstool connection. No. Um, and no. I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks of Barstool. It's just this is far and away the most popular um, hockey podcast there is. And, you know, regardless of what you think of anybody, they get the best guests. And the interviews are sometimes an hour and a half long. And it's worth it. If you're into hockey at all, then, you know, it's a must listen. And um, I thoroughly enjoy the fact that they timestamp everything because I was not listening to the entire podcast. <laughs> I switched yeah, it is, 52 minutes. It is long as hell sometimes. <laughs> and that's just the summer edition, dude, the, where the podcasts are like an hour and a half. Their regular episodes are like three and a half hours long. Um, so the timestamp definitely does help. Um, let's see. Since we last talked, have you done anything? Have you gone on any trips or, you know, have you done any? I, I like I know the answer to that since I play video games with you almost every night. But I figured the listener might want to know. But you've done nothing, well, huh? We're going on vacation in two weeks, so. Is that uh, Virginia Beach? Yeah, that's the place you'd like to go. All right, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Um, I've only I've, I've sort of uh, cooled it off on the trips for a little bit. I've had a lot going on. Uh, just did a couple of days in Lake George last week, and uh, other than that, I haven't done too much exciting stuff. Um, what's coming up? This is probably the most boring part of the off season, August. Well, we can talk about the big trade, I guess, that happened. Oh, the Eric Carlson trade. Um, yeah. You know what? For all the shit I've given Dubas for the way he managed Toronto's cap, the fact that he was able to acquire Eric Carlson, not give up a lot of substance, and save $3 million in cap space, like that might be the I best move of Dubas' career. I don't think he did, though, because they had to eat the exact same amount of money that San Jose was eating. They're eating on, on the contract going out. They're eating they one point five on Petrie's contract and San Jose ate one and a half of um Carlson's contract. So it in the it's a wash. They owe him ten million dollars. I don't know. Um no, I'm telling you, the, I know for sure. Oh no, I know. I'm just saying that was the narrative of, of everybody that I heard talking about this thing. So um, No, they ate one and a half on his contract, Petrie for next year and the year after. They owe one point five six. And then San Jose ate uh, one and a half of Carlson's contract because it was 11 and a half. Now it's 10. Yeah, they still need to come up with 80 grand of cap space to take Gensel off of uh, LTIR. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, just looking at, I don't know. I, I tweeted it too. Like, Dubis not only ruined one team's cap, he's ruining the second team's cap too. I mean, listen, far be it for me to say that they're not a contender or he doesn't know what he's doing, but. This team is old as dog, old as shit, and they got older somehow. And these contracts they have are awful. Well, this I won't really blame too much on him because he was hired. I, you know, I would imagine, you know, when he was going through that the process of getting hired by them, they probably told him, "We still want to compete and do what you can." Um, yeah, Ryan you know, Graves making fucking four and a half for the next century. Yeah, the, the length is a problem. On that one, yeah. He's um, 28. Latang's making 6.1 till 27, 28. Was that Dubas? He's already. He's fucking 36. No, no, was that. Yeah, I don't think that was Dubas. But he's 36 I, I, years old. He's got four more years in his. Five more years in his contract. So Crosby's got two years left. Um, and Malkin has three years left. So much like. Uh, Washington with Ovechkin, I think as long as Crosby and Malkin are playing, 
then they're they're going to try to be competitive. But so the problem I have with it is that the division I think is so far out of their grasp that yeah, the Devils and, and the Hurricanes are going to control that division for the foreseeable future. The Rangers are a better team than Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh has no prospects, like no young, pl- good players. So I, I, I'm sitting here just staring at this. I cannot believe that Latang is going to be paid six point one million dollars till he's forty one years old. Yeah, that deal, that, contract that, this, that deal was ridiculous. Um, and they only have three RFAs on the entire roster, which is just nuts compared to what the Devils are going through. So, um, well, that, like, I'm just looking at the bottom of their roster. It stinks. So that's just the issue I have with the Carlson trade and with everything they've done. I, I just feel like they're so far gone from competing that this kind of doesn't really help them. And it also doesn't help them defensively either. Um, you you had Latang. He's basically a little better Latang. Well, I think he's a much better Latang. I mean, much better Latang. But over their careers, they've been similar players. But at this point in their careers, yes. Yeah. So all they've done is solidify that they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot, and that's that's all they got. I mean, look, they're better than the Islanders. Thanks. Their goaltending stinks. Yeah, that's the one thing the Islanders have on them. But I, I do think they're better than the Islanders. Um, I, if you were to ask me between the Islanders and the Penguins, one team I just do not believe is going to accomplish anything. That's the New York Islanders. Um, I just don't like how that team is built. Lou is ruining this team worse than, uh, Dubas has done to Toronto or, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other one, I don't know what the fuck's going on with them is the Rangers. Um, their moves make no sense to me. Their roster construction makes no sense to me. I, I was talking with a Ranger fan yesterday um, in my real estate office, and I said, you know, not for nothing. It was obvious since January, February, that the Devils and Rangers were going to be facing each other in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the one thing the Rangers could not handle, as far as the Devils go, is their speed. So they go out and they get Kane, Tarasenko, and Mikola, three slower players, two older players, one that needs that's get having fucking hip surgery. So I didn't understand that. And he was, you know, saying what a lot of Ranger fans are saying, well, that's the Dolan factor. Dolan hears that that Patrick Kane's available and doesn't stop to ask, well, how old is he? What kind of shape is he? And just get him. Because the cap bullshit that they had to go through to acquire these players, and now they're all gone. So they wasted assets and money and look like 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 a clown organization dressing players not letting them play so they could fit uh Kane under the cap and now they're all gone and uh, who have they signed Blake Wheeler a, th- a 36 year old they've signed a whole bunch of old farts to one year deals Nick Benino Blake Wheeler Eric Gustafson just all old guys i mean well Gustafson's not old but you know a one year deal Gustafson's thirty-one. I mean, that's not—he's not old. He's not—he's not thirty-six and thirty-five like Benino and Wheeler. I mean, thirty-one makes you eligible for AARP benefits if you're a mm-hmm. devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I—I I just don't understand what the Rangers are doing. They still have to sign Lafreniere with—they have two point two million in cap space. Um, oh, I forgot 30,000-year-old 30, 30, Jonathan Quick is their backup too. I think it was uh, Wyshynski that had the best quote. Um, it was. It was. Yeah, who said that this is a great signing for the Rangers if Shesterkin plays 76 or 78 <laughs> games or whatever it was. Um, 
just I, I don't understand how the Rangers roster build and they've been doing this for a long time. It's like they just lost to youth and speed. And like it, that's obviously how good teams are constructed nowadays. Well, you know what? I don't know anymore because let me tell you what, Carolina was probably my favorite to win the cup. That's youth and speed. And Colorado's the same. And and like it ends up being Vegas, an older team that plays a old, like a slower, tougher style that, that wins the cup. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That, I think it's funny, basically, that any move the Rangers wanted to make this offseason, they couldn't make because of that Barkley Goodrill contract. And I remember the day they made that trade and signed that contract, first, second, and third guessing how bad that contract was, along with a lot of people. And the fact that that con that trade is precluding them from really doing anything is hilarious to me. I think the, that's bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's three point six million, so it's not like a catastrophe. Right, no one's take that because it's one, two, three, four more years. He stinks. Oh, for sure. I, to me, the worst contract on that team is uh, Jacob Trupa. And oh, by far, by far. Yeah, yeah Kreider should be their captain, and the Devils employ. You know, Siegenthaler and uh, and Marino for the price of Jacob Truba. So, you know, I, I just that's that's the one that they need to get rid of, and they got three more years, and no one's taken that. I think maybe in the third year they'll they'll maybe get rid of it uh, and have to eat fifty percent of it. But um, Phoenix, well, I guess it'll be Salt Lake City by then. No, they just uh, so the Coyotes owners just signed a letter of intent to buy. I think it was forty-one acres of land, and I think it's Mesa, Arizona. I don't have it in front of me, but um, you know everybody shits on Bettman. But one thing that I know Elliot Friedman said that is ringing true is that Bettman's not going to move the team if an ownership group exists that is committed to keeping a team in a city, and. As annoying and embarrassing as the Arizona Coyote situation is, it sort of makes that look correct. Because I remember Atlanta, the whole thing with them is they had like a consortium of owners. And when it came down to it and, and people started selling their shares, no one wanted to pick the rest up and keep the team. And no one wanted to own the team. So that's why they moved. Um, so they, for some reason, they got an owner in Arizona that doesn't like making money. And wants to keep this team there. So they're not going anywhere. And they're actually starting to spend more money on better players to actually be competitive. So this might actually be the beginning of their somewhat turnaround. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be eating these contracts anymore when they're signing guys like Kerfoot, you know, Bukestad, and um, who else did they sign? Matt Dumba. Like, you know. But whatever, they still have Zach Cassian, Patrick Nemeth, Oliver Ekman, Larson, Jacob Voracek, Shea Weber, Brian. Out. I thought they were buying out Cassian. Oh, they did. That's what I was saying. They still have all those names on their books. Um, oh, on the books, yeah. Yeah, they have, uh, let me see, 22. Oh, shit. They've got $24 million in dead cap right now. Between Voracek, Weber, Little Dermot, Ekman, Larson, Cassian, and Nemeth. Jesus Christ, I forgot Brian Little existed. I think he was one of the last... Uh, yeah, Atlanta, he was drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers first oh, yeah. round, 12th overall. That was a hell of a pick. Him. He was good. He was good <laughs> in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, actually, 51 
51 points, 34, 48. And they just went to Winnipeg and lost his will to live. Yep. Um, no, he, he did okay. Right? <laughs> he did okay there. He had a 64-point 60, season. But, um, it's weird how that happens. We can't go one podcast without bringing up Winnipeg. Oh, God. You know what we should bring up, though? So, Because um, I got really not much else to talk about. Uh, the only thing that happened today is the tickets went on sale for the devil season. And for the first time in a very long time, I don't think this team is going to have a problem selling tickets. And this is the year that people mark my words. This is the year that people are going to shut the fuck up about empty seats at devil's games. Cause there will be none. Um, no, they'll still complain. Yeah. I'm sure they'll, they'll move to something else. They but take I, pictures of like pregame, like skate with empty seats. Like, oh, empty seats. I know. I, there, I feel like there's people that line up, and at five thirty, when the building opens, they run in, run upstairs, and take a picture. Be like, nobody's here. But yep. look, mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling you, I've said for a couple of years, this team has a good fan base that will show up when the team is good, and the team is good, and there's a lot of guys to root for on this team. And Jack Hughes is a goddamn superstar. You know what? That's what we can talk about. But before. We talk about Jack Hughes in a little video um, that was just on Twitter. I brought up tickets for a reason, and I'm going to shout out to you, Ricky, for doing the legwork on this. But we have uh, a partnership with SeatGeek. Um, you all know SeatGeek is one of the secondary market websites for tickets, and um, you know Ricky got us on their partnership program. So what that means for you is that. For Devil's Tickets, for concerts, for anything that they sell, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek order if you put in the code LASTCHANGEPOD. And, you know, we, we're new brand ambassadors for them. They're a ticket app that takes the, according to them, takes the confusion out of buying tickets. You tell me. Um, they get a 0 out of 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal, which is a good thing. Um you know, helps you make that decision. And like I said, you get $20 off your first order. Um, I, I haven't been told I'm not allowed to say this. Keep making emails until you're, you <laughs> have made, you know, look, a lot of people have used SeatGeek, but, you know, just make more email addresses. Dust off your old hotmail.com. Um, find AOL. your old, your AOL. Yeah, your Prodigy. Believe, Prodigy. Believe it or not, if you have an iPhone, you have an email address. Um, that you don't use. Um, I forget what it's called. It's at like uh, whatever. You have an Apple email address. You, if you're a Comcast customer, you got a Comcast email address that you don't use. So look, keep you, you know, buy some tickets, make them some money, help us out, and let's make this a great partnership. Uh, I know Ricky's working on some other things, and and we're gonna try to get as much as we can uh, just to pass some savings on to you. And uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What you, you got anything else on SeatGeek? I do. No, not on SeatGeek. SeatGeek, um, we're excited about that. That's pretty, really cool. Um, happy to be partnered with them. And like you said, save some people some money would be nice. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to bring up were, I'm not even going to say the name because I think it's so corny, but I'll just say Carolina Hurricane fans. Oh, yeah, they're the worst. Just, just what a bunch of fucking losers. Just absolute shitbag losers. I am so sick of listening to them about oh, we're so disrespected. Oh, Eric Holland doesn't like us. Shut the fuck up. I wonder why he doesn't like you because you're all fucking annoying losers. That's why. 
this picking whole... on a little girl for making a bracelet. Like your parents must, her parents must be so proud. Shut the fuck up, you old piece of shit, dumbass. Let me Shut ask you up, this: Did on you a little see, girl? Did you see the video where the the girl explained the whole thing? Yeah. So okay. they're, they're, I've been looking at the comments. Like her, I'm sure her parents are so proud. They probably yeah, are. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> they fucking probably, loser. They probably are. Let me tell you, man. We went from. I'm never going to listen back to our old episodes, but the things that we said about Eric Halla. Um, oh, gosh. We? I'll take the blame. Mostly. This guy, me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this guy should be the fucking president at this point. He asked this girl, Can you, do you have a bracelet that says Kane suck? And she said, No, but I'll make you one. <laughs> um, and then he wore it and, and happily got photographed. That's awesome. And for such I'll, an innocent I'll, I'll, little thing. Yeah. I'll say there's a couple of. Of Hurricane fans that were like, I think it's hilarious. You know, he's embracing. They boo him. He's embracing being the villain, which is how you should take it. That's yep. how a normal adult person with a brain would take it. We boo you. You're, what am I supposed to say? Oh, I enjoyed it. You guys boo me, but <laughs> why wouldn't he hate you back? It's just the same bullshit you get from so many fan bases. Like they're losing their minds over a cane suck bracelet, and then as soon as you bring up. All right, well, where were all of you when one of your fans was holding up a sign about Jack Hughes' mother behind the bench during the playoffs? And it's like, oh, where'd they go? They stopped, yeah. they stopped well, commenting. Well, they they stopped this, this outrage over a bracelet, but I have no problem cheering for Tony D'Angelo. Spare me. Fucking yeah, spare twice. me the moral outrage, please. Yeah, the second shut time up. they got Tony D'Angelo. Spare me the moral, out moral outrage and shut your mouths already. Enough. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to go at him and boo him when he's playing? Do it. Who cares? Just shut up. I've never seen a team that's like more disre. Everything's a disrespect to them. Nobody. Oh, we're moving Renfrey in his head. No, you're not. He probably thinks it's hilarious because it is. Yeah. What does he care? He, pro he probably thinks it's shit? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's and got millions. Of about those fucking losers. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, the other thing that, that's been popping off on social media is that little video of Jack Hughes. There's not a lot of context, and it was him and some other dudes and, and these young ladies, probably his age, and he was giving a motivational speech that made no sense to me, and it's just classic Jack. Now, let's remember, before Jack even played a game for the Devils, there was a video of him motioning for somebody to lift up their shirt. So we know Jack's a boob guy, all right? He's always been a boob guy. He's always going to be a boob guy. So this video is just him telling some young lady it's not about it, it's about heart, not about boobs or something. Yeah. Yeah. So without any context, that could be his best friend. Like, who knows? Who knows what, you know, what led up to that? But a short little video clip. They got people online trying to say that a 22 year old rich millionaire is a piece of shit. Like you still root for Jack Hughes. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that person. So that Shut person up. I mistaked for a dude because they have no information about their profile. It's a picture of Patrice Bergeron. And um I said this guy uh tried to take a like a pointless video to score points with, with ladies or something, and they responded with, I'm a girl, you dumbass. I'm like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Um so and that's I just... saw that video Tuesday night across yeah. my Twitter and I watched it and I was like, ah, oh, whatever, who gives a shit? And then I like wake up Wednesday and I see like the outrage. And I'm like, all right, well, somebody sent me a link to this video because 
I don't even know what's going on. And they sent me that. I'm like, oh, I saw this yesterday. I didn't, it was like nothing. Like, I don't understand what the what, like, that's what people are pissed off about right now. Like, they have nothing the, the outrage happen. made it sound like I was about to see a video of Jack Hughes dumping a hooker in like it, the Meadowlands. Yeah. Um, I was like, like if anything, it makes me like him more. So here's the whole point I was going to make for this is that I don't want to see these videos and I wish they would stop seeing the light of day. Once the hockey season is over, and part of this is on Jack because he knows people are taking these videos of him. Um, once hockey season's over, I don't want to see or hear about you until September. Like, go on vacation. Go do what Dave Portnoy did and go buy a horse for $650,000. I don't give a shit what you do with your time. I don't want to hear about it. And it's because of this. Like... The way things are nowadays, a video with no context is going to cause arguments on Twitter. People are going to make judgments about a 22-year-old's character who didn't even do anything wrong that is now going to stick with the narrative of Jack Hughes till the end of time. And, like, it's just this culture that I can't stand because I'm an old man. I'm going to be 36 next week. I, I, I tweeted something out hoping that someone from Columbus would take the bait, but nobody did, unfortunately. I, no, I happened to just see a video of Kevin Hayes' wedding, and uh, Gaudreau was on one of the Kachuk, Brady Kachuk's shoulders, like, dancing or whatever. Yeah. And I was, like, pretty disgusting of Johnny Gaudreau to put his nuts on Brady Kachuk's shoulders at, at Kevin Hayes' wedding. If you still root for him, I don't know what to tell you. See, that's the kind of thing, though, yeah. like, you're making fun exactly. of, like, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and I see all these, like, opinions on Mitch Marner's wedding. Like, I don't give a Fair. fuck. I don't I, fucking I, care it, about uh, any of this. I think it was Martian was like kissing Bergeron or something. Like, who cares? They're having fun. Yeah. Just let them have fun. That, and that's the thing. Like, people just feel the need to come up with hot takes and judgments on things. And then they don't let go of them. Like, they, they just choose the most bizarre, like, hills to die on. And I and just... Then this, I, I still don't understand what book talk is, honestly. But so, I see them making... I see that, you know, they're uh, from what I gather, they make, like fan fiction NHL player porn novels or some shit and them commenting on Jack Hughes was just like the icing on the cake for me like really here's what like, I understand this um, is what you do here's what I understand there are there are books out there like you know that you know the, all the dirty books that that are mm -hmm. that our wives and whatever read and so there's hockey related ones but the actual books have nothing to do with the real NHLers. It's all fiction and all this other stuff. So from what I understand, there's people coming up with similar stories, but relating them to actual hockey players. Mm -hmm. um, and they're called, they're called losers is what they're called. Well, look, if you want to do that on your own time, fine. But I think, and this is what caused Alex Wenberg to say something about it is when you start like, putting this out in the public and like and like harassing players with it. Like, that's the thing that just makes me say, just, what are you doing? Like it's leave just, these people alone. <laughs> they can't, they can't. It's the day of social media now where everybody feels like they're entitled to talk to people cause they're on Twitter. And if you respond to that, like everybody's just entitled to everything these days. And it makes me sick. I hate it. Yeah. And, and you know, I took a, a week off of Twitter, um, a couple of weeks ago because there was just got to a point where I'm like, it's the middle of the off season. So there's really nothing to talk about. So you go on Twitter and you see it's either people's political opinions, people's hot takes on garbage that 
people shouldn't even be talking about. And then just people arguing for no reason. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with any of you people. Like, go outside, touch grass, you know? Like, no one gives a shit about your opinions on things. And, and I wish more people understood that. You know. No, everybody. Everybody thinks that their opinion is is, is you know, it's it's part of the, the the world we live in today, where nobody's told that their opinion's stupid. Like everybody thinks that their opinion is valid and should be heard. Like we need to get back to the day where it's okay to tell someone your opinion's stupid. I'm not saying bully people, but when somebody says something stupid, it's okay to say that's a really dumb thing to say. Like. Well. And to relate it back to the devils, I mean, like one of the, I always harp on, I, I can't stand it when people talk about Chase Stillman. So like, I, I could settle that argument right now. You know when we're going to find out when Chase, if Chase Stillman is good or not? When he plays in the NHL. And and then like... There's this full on like full court press to make him an NHL player. Because I've seen like three different articles and things about him this, this offseason. And I don't ever want to see any more of them. Well, guess what? Our GM, who is making better trades than anyone in the NHL that is signing better contracts than anyone in the NHL that's building a better team than almost anybody else in the NHL. Maybe he saw something in this kid and guess what? I'll believe him because why wouldn't you No, none of us know any more than Tom Fitzgerald and his scouting staff. So they saw well, something I in mean, the kid. Casey does. Casey does. Well, look, I don't even want to harp on him because for as much as he defends Chase Stillman, there's an equal amount of people on the other side trying to say that this kid is never going to amount to anything before he even goes to an NHL training camp. So that like, goes back to what you said. Everybody has to be right. Yeah, and everybody has to have an opinion. We're going to find out if this kid's good or not in three years when he or two years when he plays a bunch of games and we find out if he sticks on the team or not. Until then, having an argument about this kid is just a waste of time. I'll I'll say this. I don't I've I'm never going to tell you I've watched him play because I've never watched him play before in my life. From everything I read, from everything I hear, from the things I've seen, he plays a style of game that we do not have a lot of guys that play that style of game and are and are not only on the Devils but in the in the entire you know group of forwards we have coming through the system. Yeah. He play he, I mean he plays Kimo Myers' power forward game essentially with less skill, but that doesn't mean it's not a valuable thing to have in your in your lineup. I mean, he could easily take a fourth line spot in a year or two, and you won't miss a step. And if he scores ten goals, fifteen goals, it's a bonus. Yep, and that was a need the team has. It's still a need the yep. team has, and they and they drafted based on that. And and if you want to write a kid off based on his junior stats, if we, you want to go by that, then Reed Boucher and um. Joseph Blandizi should be Hall of Famers right now because of how many goals they put up in junior. And instead, Blandizi is not in the NHL anymore, and Reed Boucher should be in fucking jail or Siberia if he's not already. So I, I get the not to cut you off. Jesus said Blandizi. Yeah. I get the weirdest shit on my YouTube algorithm. I got a game from I don't even know when, an overtime game against the Rangers. Yeah, and it was like. Joseph Landisi and Joel Quinville lead the Devils to 3-2 overtime win over the Rangers. And it was like from 2010, maybe. And I like yeah. watched it, of course, because I'm just like, and it was like Quinville's first first career goal. Blandisi scored in overtime, and it was just like, I guess at the end of another horrible season. 
But it was just like, wow. I was like, how how far we've come, like how far the roster and the has come where you don't have. I mean, they were on the power play. You don't have Quenville and Belandisi on your fucking power play. It's so, insane. I never get those suggestions, but there are always a couple of really random devil's things that pop in my head while I'm working because I have such a hard time like concentrating on one thing. I'm such a multitasker. Sometimes I'll be in like on YouTube and I'll just my mind will go to three things. I need to either see the Andrea Loktianov toe drag goal against the Flyers when he was on a two on one with Ilya Kovalchuk. Um the Landisi goal they scored through his legs against the Flyers, or the Ansi Salmella overtime winner against the Islanders in the 2010-11 season. Like those are three things that for some reason like my mind will just randomly out of nowhere just say, I need to see that shit right now. Yeah, <laughs> and like every time the you know I watched a couple of playoff clips of against the Flyers, obviously game six of 2012 was on there. I watched that. But I tweeted it too, like that I still think to this day that that power play goal that Kolachuk scored in that game to put them up to nothing is the prettiest goal I've ever seen scored. The slapper, in game. right? No, the one where every where they were on the power play where every player on the ice like it was passed. Oh, that was six, against the Rangers. Six. Yeah, in game six. Yeah, yeah you said against Flyers. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm sorry. Game six sure. against the Rangers of 2012. Um, you know who was on the ice for that? Nothing. Peter Harold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Harold. Was, I, I was watching it. He was on. He was running our power play. It was crazy. I think it was, it was Harold, Clarkson, Henry Clarkson, Zupras, yeah. and Kovalchuk. And Kovalchuk. Yep. It's yep, not it even. Was, a... It was every player on the ice touched the puck. Our power and play right okay. now. It was so clean. It was so clean. It was just. Our power play so, right now should blow that out of the water, but and it doesn't. We don't. We don't have another Kovalchuk though. We never will. We don't. I mean, Holtz could be. He's got that shot. Well, he won't. I know what you mean by shot. Yeah, just overall Kovalchuk. Oh, yeah, no. He is just unbelievable. The guy was a, a mule or like I a think, fucking I horse. I think today, I think today is the anniversary or yesterday of when they voided his contract. <laughs> the 17-year deal. And yeah. then they came back with 15 and Bettman was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> He's definitely going to play for 15 years. Seventeen's uh, <laughs> too much. August 9th. It was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, 13 uh, years ago yesterday. My grandfather's birthday. Uh, I was on the phone with my grandfather for his birthday yesterday, and uh, halfway through the conversation, he said, uh, wait, who is this? So he's doing good. He's 1993. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, before him, I was on the phone with my grandmother, and she's like, oh, you caught me. I was taking stuff off the deck because it's going to rain, and I looked outside. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. I'm like, all right, Grandma. Um, <laughs> you do you. But anyway, um, you got anything else going on, man? I don't. No, just finishing up the summer. Before you know it, kids are back to school and everything starts back up again. And we'll be starting back up in earnest talking about the Devils. Hope we'll have some some guests on for training camp and things of that nature. So should oh, be we're going to have guests. We're going to have a lot of guests. Um I think we're going to be so flush with guests that like we're not even going to have to to look for them anymore. I think people are just going to send us messages, being like, "Yo, get me on the pod." Right. right. I mean, either that, or we're just going to have Vito on for the twenty fourth time, um, which is fine. Vito's great. Yeah, assuming he you know is not busy buying a fucking vacuum cleaner or something, or a car. 
It's always something with that guy. Hey, Vito's a good guy. He's okay. He's okay. Um, I can't wait for the summer to be over, to be honest with you. I'm probably the only person that actually likes it when it gets dark out at like four o'clock. I don't Um, care about that as much as the like a little chillier and like it's so hot and humid. Well, we're big dudes. We we need a uh, big guy weather, which is the fall. Um, just it's suffocating. This weather sucks. Yeah, the summer has been awful. It's either been like torrential downpour or like so suffocatingly hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's honestly been the last couple of summers. And um, it has. Yeah, it's at least the last two. Last year and this year have been. I don't want to go sit outside. Yeah, I I, I want it to be fall all year round because. You know, that's when, when the wife and I like to keep going to Lake George because it's unbelievably beautiful up there. We'll go to the Virgin Islands if we really want to have a beach week. But it's hockey. It's cooler weather. It's, you know, it's pumpkin spice lattes, and I'm a basic white bitch, so that's that's right oh, in my wheelhouse. Um, no gross. No gross. No, it's not gross. It's delicious. It's disgusting. It's not disgusting. It is. It's like eating one of those, like, uh, potpourri sticks. Gross. Weird. Um, but like that's Apple. Not that, my, not that my grandmother ever did that. God rest her soul. Did you catch her doing that one day? <laughs> we were at a hotel. She thought it was a dish of candy. She ate fucking poker. Greatest generation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, oh, God. But uh, yeah, no, in the, in the fall, man, that's when all the Apple stuff comes out. All of the hand soaps from Bath and Body Works. Like, Come on, it's the best time of year. You are the most basic of white bitches that ever walked the face of the earth. Proudly, dude. I'm going out to dinner tomorrow for, for my birthday at my favorite restaurant. I'm having a watermelon sangria. I don't care. Dude, they have... All right, there's Adam Ta- Adam's Tavern in Westfield. They Didn't you just go there? Yeah, we went there last week, but then my, my father <laughs> wants to take me there for, uh, for my birthday. Um, and they have this watermelon sangria on their summer menu. They make a block of ice out of frozen watermelon. So when it melts, it doesn't dilute it. It still adds more watermelon flavor. And then they put like a wedge of watermelon on the on the glass. And then when their fall menu comes out, it's the apple cider sangria. And like, holy shit, it's just delicious. Like, I don't care. Anybody that says that's only for basic white bitches is just trying to pretend to be masculine or something. Because that shit's delicious. Oh, uh, I no, I like. Fruity drinks. I just like that sangria sounds great. I just the pumpkin spice latte is just not for me. Eh, it's not pumpkin spice anything for me is not is not for me. I feel you. We should we should hang out and make fruity drinks together. Rum punch, banana hammock, painkillers. <laughs> we should do we should, that. Yes, yeah, Let's definitely. Have a, a tiki devil's we'll wear, watch party. We'll wear uh, we'll wear banana hammocks too while we're while we're doing it. Not doing that. Um, <laughs> I haven't thrown up since. I might help right now. I haven't thrown up since I was 11 years old, and I'm trying not to, so I'll pass. Um, so that's probably our cue to get out of here. Um, that's about it. Remember, uh, use code Last Change Pod on SeatGeek. Twenty dollars off your first order. And I don't know. That's all I got. Tell all your relatives, even if they don't need tickets to stuff. You know, try to tell them. You need that email address. <laughs> Look, I'm looking at the uh, the partnership agreement that we have here, and it does not say that I can't ask people to use multiple email addresses. And they probably don't care either because it makes them more money. So, 
You know, if your email address is bob767 at gmail.com, how about bob769 at gmail.com? Just know if the next (laughs) podcast we're not talking about this, it's Andrew's fault. I will actually be honored if someone from SeatGeek listens to this and sends us a message like, hey, uh, could you not? Could you not do that? Thanks. I'll be like, you know what? Thanks for listening. I will will stop doing that. Thank you. Um, No. I don't know if we're going to be here next week. We might as well see if something happens. Um, have a lovely Thursday. Thursday. Have a good Thursday. weekend, everybody. Bye.